0: Welcome to Sellersburg United Methodist Church Podcast, where we bring our mission to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world to you, wherever you are. Our scripture reading today comes from Mark chapter 16, verses 1 through 8. It may start to sound familiar, but it may leave you with a bit of an unfamiliar so if you'd like to join with me in your reading or you can read on the screen. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome bought spices so they could go and anoint Jesus' body. Very early on the first day of the week, just after sunrise, they came to the tomb. They were saying to each other, "Who's going to roll the stone away from the entrance for us. When they looked up, they saw that the stone had been rolled away, and it was a very large stone. Going into the tomb, they saw a young man in a white robe seated on the right side, and they were startled. But he said to them, "Don't be alarmed. You are looking for Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He has been raised. He isn't here." Look, Here's the place where they laid him. Go, tell his disciples, especially Peter, that he is going ahead of you into Galilee. You will see him there, just as he told you. Overcome with terror and dread, they fled from the tomb. They said nothing to anyone because they were afraid. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Please pray with me and please pray for me. Lord, I thank you for your word, which brings life to us. Bless what has been prepared, that you may speak through me in spite of me. Bless us in our hearing, that we may hear you in spite of ourselves. And may all that is said and heard and thought about and contemplated and embodied, may it be pleasing and acceptable in your sight. Lord, you and you alone are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Amen. Great artists, they know how to draw us in. You can maybe think of a great work of art. It often inspires a question from us. It inspires a a search for wisdom. It speaks in some way, and we engage with that. Engages us within. The greatest masterpieces, they inspire our gaze, our wonder, and our curiosity. They seem to speak to something maybe more. The pieces most people talk about are those that inspire debate. What exactly made Mona Lisa smile? What was Citizen Kane's rosebud? And who shot J.R.? If you don't know that reference, please ask your parents. The Gospel of Mark, our oldest gospel, is a masterpiece, and it draws us in. it invites us in, in a peculiar way by this strange ending. It's not the ending you might have expected, which is why we don't typically read that one on, on Easter morning. But you may notice in your Bible, if you've turned and were reading along, that there are lots of brackets and footnotes right where the reading stops today. And the original ending, the oldest manuscripts we have, of which there are dozens, they just end with, they said nothing to anyone because they were afraid. Yours may go on a little bit. It's bracketed. The original story, the one we have, the women discovered the tomb, the stones rolled away. Somebody's in there and says Jesus has gone ahead of, into Galilee and they leave in terror and dread. End of story. Not a very good story, is it? Or maybe it is. Seems like the end, but it's not. Now, though there's no encounter with Jesus, there's no great commission, there's no ascension, there's a fragmented sentence instead. And there are many theories about this ending, four, that all lift up. One is that the original text ended, but we've lost it. So we don't have the ending. They were all in scrolls, and so if something got torn off, we've lost it. The other is that the extension of verse 8, which might be written in your Bible, verse 9, kind of wraps it all up, a whole lot wrapped into one little sentence to give it a nice ending. But that's the ending Or there's the additions of all the way to 20, which is yet another ending. The fourth theory is that the book was meant to end right there in that fragmented sentence. Can you believe church people disagree about something biblical? I'm not sure what the answer is, but I find the fourth theory intriguing. Given Jesus' prediction of his arrest, his rejection, his suffering, his crucifixion and death... And all that came true stands to reason that other things he said would come true as well. And he had told the disciples, you're all going to falter in your faithfulness to me. It is written, I will hit the shepherd and the sheep will scatter in all directions. But after I'm raised up, I will go before you to Galilee, which is exactly what the person in the tomb has told them. This last sentence, you may see, kind of looks like Greek to you, doesn't it? It is Greek. It is Greek. Yeah, I'm clever like that. Uh, the highlighted sentence, the last word looks like a y a r or p. Uh, it's actually gar in Greek, and it never ends a sentence ever. There's no history of this word ending the sentence. It's like someone giving a piece of information and then going to deliver why. So I've come here today for preaching. Right, I wouldn't just. I've come here today for, and that would that'd be odd which is exactly what this sentence is doing. It said nothing to anyone. They were afraid for... The fourth theory is based on the early Jesus movement that someone would have had a copy and been reading the gospel to a p- group of people, potential converts, and these copies were were handled with great care and great authority. So if you've been given one, you're going to handle the reading with great care and authority. The reader would come to the end of the sentence, and the idea is that the reader would finish the story. The women obviously said something to someone, right? We know what happened. Eventually, they talked. But the point is the empty tomb, it simply proves that Jesus' body wasn't there, right? We're rational Western thinkers. Jesus' body just wasn't there. That's what the empty tomb proves. If the story ends there, it leaves lots of questions, lots of doubts. After all, we know of anybody else that's walked the earth after they have died. Where the story gets its life, where our faith gets its divine breath, is in the witness of the resurrected Jesus. We don't say Jesus was risen. We say Jesus is risen. Because Jesus is alive and at work today. Where? In the body. The empty tomb is very is small potatoes compared to the resurrected Jesus. Amen? So the early readers would finish the stories themselves. They'd point to the empty tomb, but then they would say four, and they would share their witness of where they have seen the resurrected Jesus, because it was in that story that would prove the life. That went beyond the grave. It's that story. Have you shared your witness lately? And I don't mean have you shared about the empty tomb. But have you shared your personal encounters with the risen Jesus of Nazareth? The Christ. The Savior. Have you witnessed to the miracles you've seen? To the resurrections you've experienced? We all have empty tombs in our lives. Amen? Deaths of our pride of our ego, of our ignorance, of our reputation. We've all suffered. Amen? We've all lost a lot. We've all been hurting. We've experienced despair. We've experienced broken relationships. We've been through the darkest valleys, the shadow of death. And here we are, hope-filled people of the Holy Spirit. Amen? That is a miracle. My hunch is that you have encountered the risen Jesus. It's what led you here this morning. It's what's kept you in the faith. It's what's made you hungry to know more, to walk in this faith. Jesus Christ lives within his body, the church, you and me together. Jesus Christ is risen. Now, now that you've survived the tombs of your life, how will you respond? Will you be like the women in the story? Or will you go and share the good news like lots of other women and men did? Will you say nothing out of fear? Or will you go to the people in your life and bring the life of the gospel to them? Not in some churchy answer, but in your answer, in your life, in your testimony, in what you've experienced. Go to your world, your people. Go into your places, your daily routines, and overcome your fear. Share the good news to everyone about what Jesus has done for you. Share with everyone what Jesus Christ is doing for you right now. Share the good news about what Jesus will do for you, what your hope tells you is coming, and that if they just come and see and give it a chance, they'll come to see that the Holy Spirit is already at work in their lives through God's grace. Does the gospel of Mark ever truly end? It didn't for me, and it doesn't have to for you. So let us dive into the masterpiece. Tell the story of our risen Savior. Amen? Amen. We thank you for joining us today. And it is our hope that you have experienced the blessing of God through our time together. If you'd like to know more about our church community and its ministries, visit our website at sellersburgumc.com.